here it is Tuesday already. Can you believe it, Chester? It's already Tuesday. It's a beautiful day here in the St. Louis area. 70 degrees, sunny skies, no, obviously no humidity. Not bad, not bad at all. Hi, this is Bob Bro. Welcome to the best old-time radio podcast for Tuesday. This is the 3rd of November in the year 2020, and we're so glad to have you along. Tuesdays, we have dramas, heavy, uh, dramatic dramas, suspenseful dramas, and we have a good drama lined up for you today. We'll tell you about it in just a minute. So what we need you to do is make yourself comfortable, get in that big chair, get your feet up, get a little snack, something to drink, and let the cares of the day drift away. And we're going to come back and entertain you with an old-time radio drama in just a minute. Everyone sucks but me. Tonight, we're going to listen to a story about Randy Stone, you know, the columnist that writes for the Chicago Star. Randy writes the Nightbeat column. Every major metropolitan area has a a newspaper with a column like that, where the uh, columnist goes out and gets to know the city late at night, the people that are working late at night, and many that are up to no good late at night. Randy reveals to us the underbelly of Chicago, but also a lot of heroic, benevolent people that save lives and do a lot of good in those wee hours of the morning. Well, tonight we are going to meet a person that Randy has known for years. Her name is Molly Keller, and she's an old scrub woman that works right there in the Chicago Star. And oftentimes when Randy's going out on his assignment, he'll pass her scrubbing the floors. He's known her for years. He also knows that Helen's husband is in prison, convicted of being part of a four-man robbery of a payroll. He was sentenced to 20 years in prison, but when it's reported in the news that he has died, Randy goes looking for Helen, and she becomes the subject of his next story. So here we go. This is Frank Lovejoy as Randy Stone, and this is Nightbeat. As originally heard on NBC back on July the 17th, 1950. And the name of this story is Molly Keller. 
On stage tonight, transcribed from Hollywood, Night Beat. Night Beat. Hi, this is Randy Stone. I cover the night beat for the Chicago Star. My stories start in many different ways. This one began with greed and fear and ended when two men started out for murder. Tonight, I didn't have to look for my story. It came over the teletype. A few lines of cold, impersonal print that told that a man had died. Charles Keller died today in the state penitentiary. Keller served 14 years of a 20-year sentence for armed robbery. The clacking stopped for a moment, as though the machine were taking a breath. Charles Keller. I thought of his wife, Molly, a quiet, patient woman who worked here in the building... Scrubbing floors. Then the teletype started up again, writing a finish to a man's life. Keller died, still denying any knowledge of the $65,000 payroll robbery, a sensation of 14 years ago. Keller's death deepens the mystery of the money, which was never recovered. Well, that was all about Charles Keller... The teletype faded as I walked from the room to the elevator and down to the lobby. Tim, the night watchman, came toward me. Evening, Mr. Stone. How are you, Tim? You're starting out kind of early, ain't you? I guess so. Where's Molly? I don't know. When I come on tonight, she wasn't here. Why? Her husband died today. Yeah, I heard it. Who's going to scrub the floors if she don't show up? Who'll scrub the floors? Well, there's the sanitary viewpoint. She didn't send word, sick, or anything like that? Not that I know of. She just ain't here, that's all. Okay. Uh, you know where she lives, don't you? Sure. On the first night, she's missed in 14 years. Funny, ain't it? Oh, sure. Very funny. Give me her address. Huh? I'd known Molly for as long as I'd worked on the star. At first... People had pointed her out. Molly Keller, Charles Keller's wife, wife of a convict. But she scrubbed her floors and said nothing. Once a month, she'd go to visit her husband. And then the years passed, and Molly wasn't the wife of a convict anymore. She was just a scrub woman. But now her husband's death would bring it all back. There'd be those awkward attempts to be kind to her. And if I knew Molly, she wouldn't want that. That's why I went to see her. Help you, mister? Ah, yes, I think so. Molly Keller lives here, doesn't she? She ain't here now. Well, where is she? What's your name? Stone, Randy Stone. Wait a minute. That don't sound like any name she put down. What? You said Stone, huh? Yeah, yeah, Stone. I can't tell you where she is. What have you got there? Well, nothing you want. Now you go away. I gotta get some sleep. Yeah, in a minute. Look, I'm Randy Stone, Chicago Star. Here's my press card. I don't care about that. Molly gave me 50 bucks. She did what? Mister, you ain't one of the names, so I can't tell you where she is. But I'm a friend of hers, and I've got to see her. Her husband died today, and I... Oh. I didn't know that. Well, you do now. Tell me where Molly is. Well, Molly, uh, know about her husband? I don't know. Well, 
Okay, but when you see her, don't tell her it was me that told you. All right, all right. Where is she? Lake Drive Hotel. Who? The Lake Drive? Are you sure? You asked me, I told you. Now that's all. The Lake Drive Hotel, swank and plush, visiting royalty had to show their crowns before they could get in. So I went there, I walked through the lobby, past the diamonds and the furs, and up to the desk where a clerk with a Harvard accent and a Vassa personality looked me over. Front point. May I help you, sir? Yes, I think so. I'm looking for a woman named Molly Keller. Is she registered here, sir? I, uh, I don't think so. Molly Keller is, well, uh, she's a scrub lady. I beg your pardon? A scrub lady, one of the great army of working people. I suggest you try the servant's entrance. You forgot the sir, if you'll excuse me. Yes, this is important. I want to find Molly Keller. The servant's entrance? You're wasting the springtime of your youth repeating that. Now, all you have to do is go to the phone and check with the employee's department, find out if there's a Molly Keller working there. Very well. One moment, please. Thank you. Hello. This is the desk. Is there a scrub woman working here named Molly Keller? Thank you. Well? There's no one here by that name. Maybe she used the name Mrs. Charles Keller. Sir? Mrs. Charles Keller. But we have a Mrs. Charles Keller registered here. Registered? Certainly. In the royal suite. The royal suite? When did she check in? Really, sir, I cannot give out information about our guest. Yes, all right, all right. Will you call her or tell her I'd like to see her? One moment. I must check something first. I hate to see you patter back and forth on your delicate little feet. What's up now? Uh, your name, sir? Stone, Randy Stone. Well, I'm sorry, sir. That is not one of the names Mrs. Keller gave me. She gave you a list of names, too? No one but these three men were to be shown up under any circumstances. Well, ask her if she'll see me. Randy Stone. She knows me. Uh, very well, sir. One more. The clerk went to the desk phone. I told myself the woman in the royal suite couldn't be Molly Keller. Not at a hundred bucks a day, plus tips. I half expected the clerk to come back and tell me Mrs. Charles Keller didn't know me. Mrs. Keller, there's a gentleman here to see you. No, not one of the three. Well, he says his name is Randy Stone. Yes, Mrs. Keller, I'll send him up. Mrs. Keller will see you, Mr. Stone. The royal suite is 4A. The elevators are in the alcove to your right. Thank you. Uh, the elevators are... Oh, thank you. I'll walk up. The air might clear my head. Oui, monsieur. Uh, oui, monsieur. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, uh, I'm Randy Stone. Mrs. Oh, Keller. Oh, oui, monsieur Stone. You will please come in. Thank you. I will tell Madame Keller you it's are all here. all right, Colette. I heard him. Oui, madame. In there, monsieur. The sitting Thank room. you again. Hello, Randy. Hello, Molly. Will madame wish me any more? No, I'll call the service desk when I need you. Yes, madame. How'd you find me, Randy? Uh, did I? But you are here. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm here, but uh, are you? What do you mean? What do you think I mean, Molly? Or should I say, uh, Madam Keller? What do you want? I don't know. What are you doing here? I live here. Since when? I registered tonight. Ah, uh-huh, that clears up the whole thing. You just walked in here and registered at $100 a day plus a French maid. What is all this? Please go, will you? Yeah, in a minute. 
This came over the teletype about an hour ago. Charles? Yeah. They notified me. You're not going up there? Charles is dead. Why should I go up? Look, uh, there's something wrong. This doesn't make sense. I've known you for a long time. I've watched you. A, a woman for whom I had a lot of respect because she had a lot for herself. A woman who broke her back and her hands for 14 years while her husband rotted in prison. While you stuck by him? Because I was a fool. Well, then why didn't you divorce him? Oh, I couldn't. You couldn't? Why not? Please go now. Don't ask any more questions. Why not, Molly? Why are you afraid to have me ask questions? What do you want, a story? No. Get out. Molly. What? Where are you getting the money for, uh... All this. It's got nothing to do with you, Randy. But it has everything to do with you and your husband. He's dead. Molly, that money from the robbery, the $65,000. Leave me alone. You know where it is, don't you? You've known for 14 years. You don't know anything about it. You've got it. Get out. Okay, Madam Keller, I'm sorry I called on you. I was looking for Molly Keller. It's the wrong number. Goodbye. You're... You're going to the police? No, I won't have to. Another thing, Molly. I read about the case. There were other men in that robbery. You think they'll stand still and let you get away with this? There were three other men, Molly, and they... They... They what? Uh, those names that you left with the landlord and the clerk. What about them? Who are they? All right, Randy. You want a story? I'll give you one. Here. The names and addresses of three men. So? You want a story? And I'll give you one. The biggest you've ever had. A murder story. Murder? Yes. You go to these men and tell them about me. Where I am. How I'm living. If they're who I think they... No, I won't. It'll be your murder, Molly. No, Randy. Not mine. Then whose? I promise you, you'll find out before tomorrow. That was all I got from Molly, a piece of paper with the names and addresses of three men written on it. I left her, I headed for the street, and I walked around thinking. A couple of times I started to toss away that paper, but it stuck to my fingers. A couple of times I headed for the precinct police station and stopped. What did I have? Zero. What could I get? A story, she said. Okay, Molly, let's see. The first address took me to a Harry Campbell, a gimlet-eyed pool hall tout. I interrupted his game. Newspaper, huh? Well, what gives? Now, let's get away from the table. Say it here, Mr. Stone, ain't it? Uh-huh. Okay. Go ahead. Nine ball, corner pocket. This is about $65,000 and Charles Keller. Uh, you missed the shot, Harry. It was an easy one. Yeah. Take my cue, Eddie. I got something to do. Yes, sure. Steady. Okay, you. Come on. Now, uh, what was that you said? $65,000. Keep going. Fourteen years ago, there was a payroll robbery. The money from it was never recovered. Somebody has it, Harry. Why tell me? I thought you'd like to know. Why? Charles Keller said he didn't get the money. Oh, now, look, you come in here, give me a fast chorus about 65 Gs I don't know nothing about. But you're interested. Anybody's interested in that much dough. That's what I mean. What's your angle, Stone? How come you found me? How come you knew where to find me? Molly Keller told me. You don't know her, huh? 
No. Well, I thought maybe you did. Anyway, I interviewed her at her suite at the Lake Drive, and I... Where? The Lake Drive Hotel. She's registered in the Royal Suite, French maid and all. Yesterday, she was scrubbing floors. You better go, Mr. Stone. Okay. I'll see you around, Harry. Yeah. I'll be waiting up for you. Name number two was Bob Olson. He wasn't home, but I located him in an all-night beanery. He was behind the counter. What are yours being, mister? Coffee. Sure. Black? Yeah. Coffee black. Sugar? I know. Thank you, Bob. I know you. No, not yet. How come you know my name? Bob Olson, that right? Yeah. How'd you know? Oh, psychic, or maybe Molly Keller told me. Huh? I've just come from Harry Campbell. Uh, I, I don't know him. Nor Molly Keller? Never heard of her. Uh-huh. You just don't know the right people, Bob, or you'd know all about $65,000. Bob Olson played it straight, too, but there was the same look in his eyes I saw in Campbell's, hard and nasty. I left him with the same information I'd given Campbell. And then I headed for the third name on the list, Jim Humphreys. Yeah, what do you want, Buster? I'm looking for Jim Humphreys. What for? Is he here? That depends. Are you a copper? No, I'm a reporter. Randy Stone, Chicago Star. What do you want? You're, uh, Mrs. Humphreys? So I had bad luck. What do you want? Who is that, Kitty? A guy with a tie on. Nobody you'd know. Oh. Oh, yeah? Who are you? What's the pitch? The name is Randy Stone, Chicago Star. What's the newspaper guy got to talk to me about? Fourteen years and $65,000. Jim, what's he talking about? I don't know yet. Come on in. Kitty? What? Get in the other room. Close the door and stay there. Listen, I want to know what's Shut going up. on. I'll go ahead. Get in the other room. Uh... Now, what's with you, Stone? Charles Keller died in prison today. That mean anything? No, never heard of him. Never heard of his wife either, huh? No. Hey, what are you doing? Ah, looking around. This isn't the best place in the world, is it, Jim? Uh, it's good enough. One quarter of 65,000 is about uh, 16,000. You didn't get anything, did you? I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, everybody is innocent. Olson, Campbell. You know them, Jim? No. Well, I guess Molly Keller sent me on a wild goose chase. Molly Keller? Yeah, yeah, she's living at the Lake Drive. For 14 years, she scrubbed floors while her husband was in prison, but now she's... Jim! Get back in there. I ain't. You heard what this guy says. The Lake Drive Hotel, she's living there. You flathead, shut your trap. I won't, I won't, do you hear me? I'm telling you, get back in that room and stay in there. Hey, I've been living in this crumb joint. Look at me. Mister, you look at me. I am kidding. So I'm ugly, No, not at all. No, I ain't. But I gotta live in this trap. Me, I could have had lots of things, but I ain't. I've been taking this guff because he tells me that someday... Keep it shut, I tell you. Keep it shut. I've been keeping quiet for long enough. For five years, I've been keeping quiet because you told me that someday I... (laughs) I told you. Now, get out of here. Get in the other room. Now, wait a minute. Keep out of this, you. (laughs) Kitty, you heard me. Just a bird in a cage. And not a gilded one. Mister, I don't want to hear nothing else from you. 
Now, you got a couple of seconds to get out of here before I slap you all over the neighborhood. Now, what do you say? Oh, it's clear. Okay, so long, Jim. Come back again, and I'll kill you. Well, there I had it. Three men who knew about the robbery, who'd like to get their hands on the money, but who had to stay undercover and keep quiet until... Until what? The answer to that lay with Molly Keller, and I wanted the answer. Twenty minutes later, I was back at the Lake Drive Hotel. This time, I didn't go to the desk. I slipped through the lobby, up the stairs, and down the carpeted hallway to Molly's suite. Randy. Hello, Molly. Want company? Yeah. Come in. Oh. You've already got company. Take it easy, Stone. Yeah, guns forced me into a sort of composure, Olson. Uh, Molly. Thanks, Randy. Thanks for sending him here. Sit down again, Molly. Of course, Harry. Now, once more, where's the dough? <laughs> you expect me to tell you, Bob? You will or else? Molly, if you got any sense at all, you'll tell them they can't get away. I know. You're crazy. Why did you let them in? I wanted to. Bob Olson and Harry Campbell and Jim Humphreys. Where's Jim? Never mind him. Now, listen, Molly. You ain't going to get hurt if you know where the money is. No. Molly. First one, then the other, like two jackals. <laughs> I knew they'd come, Randy. Where is it, Molly? Not yet, Harry. There's still one more to come, Jim Humphrey. When he gets here, I'll tell you. You'll tell us now. No. And if you kill me, you'll never find out. Will you? You'll never find out. You had to make a deal with each other. Now wait and make one with Humphrey's. Randy. What do you want? How long ago did you leave, Jim? Twenty minutes. He should be here by now. We ain't waiting, Molly. We ain't waiting. Campbell, you stay sitting stone. Watch him, Bob. I am. Molly, we ain't kidding. We ain't kidding. All right, Molly. It's no use, Harry. You can do anything you want to do. You won't find out anything until Jim Humphreys gets here. There we sat, Campbell Olson, Molly, and I, and the minutes ticked by. I watched Molly. She never took her eyes off the two men. There was no expression on her face but hate, a bitter hate that could almost be felt. And then... It's been an hour. We ain't waiting no longer. All right, Harry. I guess Jim isn't coming. Molly, you're going to tell us. Now. Yeah. I will, Bob. Stay sitting, Molly. You want the money, don't you, Harry? You got it here? Over there. I'll get it for you. Go ahead. Bob, watch this guy. Right. You waited 14 years for this. 14 years. So have I. All right. Here. Here's the money. Take it. Take it, Harry. This bank book? What are you giving us? The money. Take it. Why, you stinking. This is your bank book. And nothing. No money. <laughs> Fourteen years of saving for this minute, don't you see? I never had the money. Charles never had it. Don't give me that. What about this joint? The money for all this was mine. Penny by penny, dollar by dollar, I saved for this moment. You're lying, Molly. Look You're lying. Look at that last withdrawal, Harry. 
$512 taken out yesterday to pay for this, to bring you out like jackal. Where's the money, Molly? Where is it? Fourteen years ago, three men got $65,000 in a robbery, but there was a fourth man who had nothing to do with it. He was framed, framed by one of the other three. You're nuts. No, Bob, just a little smarter than you. The man who framed my husband was smart, too. He made you believe there was a fourth man who got the money and hid it. Now, think back. The money was hidden. Then it disappeared. You're lying, Molly. You're lying. Am I? If I'm lying, where's Jim Humphreys? Why isn't he here? You two are, but he isn't because he knows where the money is. He's got it. He's got it. Humphreys. You know where he is. Yeah. We know where he is. Well, then get him. You'll have to kill him, but that won't make any difference, will it? Not for all that money. Get him. Molly, if this is a frame, so help me, we'll get you. Find out, Harry. Go to him. Get the money. It's yours, isn't it? Get it. You waited 14 years, afraid to ask, afraid to talk, but now... What about him? Stone. He won't stop you. He won't stop you because I won't let him. Harry, watch her. He'll stay here. Go ahead, Harry. Bob, I can use a gun, too. Molly... Molly, this better not be a friend. You'll find Jim Humphreys and the money. Come on, Harry. I guess you would shoot me, wouldn't you, Molly? If I have to. And this is my story? Yeah. Please don't get up, Randy. You're sending two men out to kill a third. Why? Because this is what can build up inside of a woman for 14 years. It'll help your husband, won't it? Don't come near me, Randy. So Jim Humphreys will be killed. What about you? You're as much a murderer as they'll be. And glad of it. Molly, give me that gun. Let me call the police. No. It's not too late. It's always too late. It was too late for Charles. He died. No one helped him because he had a record. No one believed him. It's not too late, Molly. Don't, Randy, don't. Killing will help, won't it? One man's death will bring back those 14 years, won't it? It'll make everything all right. Oh, sure, an eye for an eye. That's why the whole world is going blind. Kill a bee, kill. Live in a jungle. Shut up. Join the pack, Molly. Run with the jackals. <laughs> You're crying, Molly. Why? Why? Let me alone, Randy. Molly, I'm going to the phone and I'm going to call the police. No, don't. You can shoot if you want to. Oh, please. Please don't, Randy. Take your choice, Molly. Be like those two who just left or be yourself. I know what I want. What I've waited for. Yes, 14 years you've waited. It's a long time, Molly, a long time to build up an act of violence. One that can't bring back a single day or change a minute that's gone past. You've got what you want. Those three men live in fear and hatred, mistrust and suspicion. Now tonight you gave them in one hour the bitterest pill they could swallow, the realization that they've wasted 14 years. You didn't, you knew. That one hour is all you need. Go ahead and shoot if you want to, Molly. Hello, get me the police quickly. <laughs> All right, Randy. All right. <laughs> Welcome back, Molly. Well, there's the story of Molly Keller and 14 years, but it's more than that. It's a story of people. Mix them up all you want, put them in any situation, 
And what they do depends on what they are inside. You can't change that. Maybe it's all to the good. Gives a guy a starting point when he begins to wonder how things will turn out for all of us. Copy, boy. You are listening to Night Beat. Nightbeat, starring Frank Lovejoy, is produced and directed by Warren Lewis and edited by Larry Marcus. Tonight's transcribed story was written by Russell Hughes, with music by Frank Worth. The part of Molly was played by Sarah Selby. Others in tonight's cast were Joan Banks, Wilms Herbert, Peter Leeds, Wally Mayer, and George Offerman, Jr. Listen next week at this time and every week as Randy Stone searches through the city for the strange stories waiting for him in the darkness. And this is the Wheaties man, Frank Martin, inviting you to listen also on Tuesday, that's tomorrow night, to the Penny Singleton Show on the Wheaties Big Parade. See you then. Nightbeat came to you from Hollywood. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. Well, that was Nightbeat. The name of that episode was Molly Keller. It first was broadcast on July 17th, 1950, and as you just heard, that was on NBC. Pretty good story. I enjoyed that one. Did you notice she stayed at the uh, Lake Drive Hotel? In Chicago, I assume Lake Drive means Lakeshore Drive. And she was paying, Randy said, at least $100 a night for this fancy suite, plus tips. How much do you think a suite in a fancy Chicago hotel is these days? We've spent a little time in Chicago, and I know it's an expensive city. I had a son that lived up there for a while, he and his wife. And we, uh, we've stayed at a number of hotels up there, and they do get very pricey. One of the things I notice in Chicago, I guess not unlike New York, is parking. Oh, my goodness. We went down to Millennium Park, and we're going to park for like two hours or three hours. It was like $20 an hour. <laughs> Some ridiculous amount. Chicago's an expensive city. Well, I don't know about uh, which hotel is most comparable to the fictitious Lake Drive Hotel. But it looks to me like one of the fancier hotels is the Peninsula. And uh, if you get a suite, the Grand Deluxe Suite. Now, they have a lake suite, but they wouldn't even give you the price on that one. (laughs) At least not online. But the Grand Deluxe Suite looks like their second best suite. 1,007 square feet. So that's a pretty good size room. How much do you think for a night? Under 1,000, over 1,000. Well, it's over. $1,560. $1,560. Chest pains! Having chest pains! So things have changed since 1950. Well, that was uh, a good story. We will look forward to other episodes of Nightbeat in the weeks ahead because it really does fit this category of drama. Sometimes they're a little light, but this, this one tonight was very, very dramatic, and I hope you enjoyed it.
Yes, my friends, that will conclude our program for this afternoon. We hope that you enjoyed the drama that we presented, and tomorrow we'll have a mystery, and we look forward to bringing it to you. Uh, we're going to go out tonight with uh, a couple songs from 1950. Now, here's, here's some interesting stuff here. We are going to play a song by Flat and Scruggs that I remember from when I was a kid was really popular, 1967-1968. It was on the charts, but it was also first on the charts back in 1950. Now, the reason for its resurgence is it was used in the uh, soundtrack of a major motion picture in 1967, the picture being Bonnie and Clyde. Now, this song was written by Earl Scruggs, and you can guess what it is. And then we're going to follow that up with another country song that was huge. And it was by Hank Snow, who happened to be a Canadian. And yet he had 48 top-selling records on RCA on their country chart during his career. All right, that's going to do it. This is Bob Bro. I'm so glad you stopped by, and I am so glad you met me. And we'll see you back here tomorrow.
black means you're too loving dandy ain't coming back cause I'm moving on I'll soon be gone you were flying too high for my little old sky so I'm moving on that big loud whistle as it blew and blew said hello to the southland we're coming to you and we're moving on oh hear my song you had the laugh on me so I've said you free and I'm moving on Please listen to me Cause I got a pretty mama in Tennessee Keep moving me on Keep rolling on So shovel the coal Let this rattle roll And keep moving me on Mr. Engineer Take that throttle in hand This rattle's the fastest In the southern land Keep moving me on Keep rolling on You're gonna ease my mind Put me there on time And keep rolling on You just wouldn't listen or pay me no mind Now I'm moving on I'm rolling on You've broken your bow and it's all over now So I'm moving on You switched your engine Now I ain't got time for a trifling woman On my main line Cause I'm moving on You done your daddy wrong I warned you twice Now you can settle the price Cause I'm moving on But someday, baby, when you've had your play, you're gonna want your daddy, but your daddy will say, keep moving on. He stayed away too long. 